Good to be back in the house. Good to see all your smiling faces. Everyone excited about the new year. Love that new song. That's awesome. Did you write that? Huh? Oh, I'm sure you could write one as good as that. <laughs> okay. The time is at 10:45. Uh, I just want to speak. Uh, it's like my first message for the year. So I haven't spoken now for I think for four weeks. So I've got four weeks worth of messages just ready to go. So sit back, relax, <laughs> take notes. No, we've got. Uh, so if you have, you got your Bible app. Uh, you can open it up if you like, or your own Bible, if you like to uh, look up the Scriptures in your own device, or you can look up on the screens. But the Scripture I want to speak out of this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I think it's very apt for the beginning of the year. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and he says to them, so we make it our goal to please Him. He goes on to talk about being in the body or out of the body, but whether we're in this life or whether we're in heaven that our goal is to please Him. So often we make goals at the beginning of the year. I don't know about you. I like to make goals and I set some goals for the year. Sometimes it's uh, New Year's resolutions. Anyone set any goals for the year? You think, oh, these are some things I want to do this year, whether it be work, personal, yeah. spiritual. Uh, I like to do that as well. Awesome. Uh, last year, I set a few goals. I wanted to finish my MBA, which I did, which was fantastic. wanted to qualify for the World Masters uh, cycling, which I did, which was fantastic. Church, yeah, thanks. Uh, obviously, church uh, goals with uh, health and, and salvations and growth. And uh, also, uh, we had our son finishing his HSC last year, so that was one of our goals, to support him through that. Um, and this year, we've got some goals, so we're building a granny flat. Uh, and then I wanted to go to the World Championships for cycling, for yeah. Masters, so we're doing that in wow. September. Wow. We've got a new service starting. So I just want to quickly talk about that new service. You saw the, uh, the uh, ad from uh, Pastor Phil. So on the 11th of February, uh, he, uh, or last year he came to me and, and said, oh, look, we've been praying about starting a new service. We feel like we want to start one in Roselle, 8.30 to 9.30 before the main service and uh, just reach another demographic where people want to come earlier to church. And so we uh, prayed about it. We said, yes, we're going we're gonna to do it. So it's exciting. It's a brand new service. We want to obviously not just expect everyone to come to two services, though you're most welcome to do that, uh, maybe at the start. But we want to reach just another group of people in the area uh, that want to come earlier to church, 8.30 to 9.30, and uh, it's a different type of service. We're actually going to do it out in the foyer. We're not going to do it in the auditorium. Wow. So we're going to set up out there in the foyer. Uh, and it's just going to be, I guess, a bit more relaxed, uh, shorter. And we're going to do bacon egg rolls after the service. So once that finishes, everyone will be hanging around. We're going to set up outside like we did for the, uh, for the Christmas Spectacular. So we've got our grass and barriers. We're going to set it all up outside there. So we're going to make it like a big event Sunday, if you like. And it's only going to be once a month for six months. And we're just going to trial it. We're going to see how it goes. And then at the end of that six months, we'll go, well, is this something we want to continue to do? Are we seeing new people coming in, joining the congregation, seeing another co congregation established? Uh, or is it not working? And so we'll, we'll determine that at the end of the six months. So I would encourage you, if you're feeling up to it, to help support this service, because it's pretty much like starting another church. Uh, 
to come uh, just for those first six Sundays. First one's on the on the February the 11th. If you want to come and support that service, to come to both services on that Sunday, the service will start at 8:30, go to 9:30, 9:30 till 10. We'll have coffee and bacon egg rolls and everything, and then obviously 10 to 11, 11:15. So. If you have got time, if you're feeling inclined, you feel like, yes, I want to help support that, because obviously having people around will help new people coming in to feel like, oh, if, if we just left it for all new people to come, there might be only five on the first Sunday. It's not going to be a very conducive environment for people to feel like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so have a think about it. Have a pray about it. 11th of February, come early, just fill, the, fill up seats and, and let's make it a, a just make it full out there for those six services. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's a goal, obviously, we have as a church for 2018 to see that, that service established and growing and attracting new people, seeing people saved and, and reaching more people for Jesus, which is why we're here at the end of the day. So you may have some goals for the year. Some people put their hands up. You may not put your hands up. Uh, and it's good to set goals. But the Apostle Paul here is saying to the Corinthian church that at the top of that list, and we, you know, I've talked about some personal goals and just some other practical goals that we've had. But the Apostle Paul is saying to this Corinthian church, which is a church just like us, uh, filled with all new Christians and people that hadn't been following the Lord for that long because the church hadn't been going for that long, hadn't been that long since Jesus had gone to heaven. And he's saying to them, so we make it our goal, saying to the church, You've got all these other goals, which is awesome, which is fantastic. Your career goals, your business goals, your financial goals, your personal goals. But at the top of all of that list, that your goal for 2018 is to please the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've, as I was reading that and I've been preparing this and thinking about it, I've never put at the top of my list of goals for the year, number one, I want to please God with every decision I make this year. Has anyone written that at the top of their goals list? My goal for 2018 is every decision I make is, is to please God. Every financial decision I make is one that I want God to be pleased with. Every practical decision I make, every, every behavioral decision I make. Now, there's a toughie. Every word that comes out of my mouth is a word that's going to please God in 2018. That's what Paul's saying to the Corinthian church here. At the top of your list of goals and things you want to achieve and things you want to do, it's important that, that overarching all that, as a Christ follower, as a Christian, is we want those things to please the Lord. And, you know, Nick and I have always uh, desired to please God with our lives and our, and our decisions uh, one of my life scriptures, which I read as a young believer, as a young person, and has uh, stayed with me all, all the years I've been following the Lord, was 1 John 2.17. So, uh, it it uh, stood out to me many years ago and something that I feel is one of my life verses. But it's, it says this, The world and its desires will pass away, Amen. but the one who does the will of God will live forever. And something that's always been deep in my heart is I want to I wanna please the Lord with my life, with my decisions, with the things that we do, that we leave something behind in this world. We make a difference, but also that, that at the end of the, the day, we've gone, God, we lived our lives with a desire, overarching everything else, to please you with my life, with the gift of life that God has given to us that we honour him by going, I want to please you with those decisions. And uh, we've always wanted to, as ever since we've been together, uh, to do that. 
uh, that the decisions we make please the Lord. And I'm talking about you know, getting up in the morning and saying, God, which shirt should I wear today? Because <laughs> I really want to please you with my outfit. Um, but I'm talking about major life decisions, you know, big decisions that we make. Sometimes we just make decisions. We don't even pray about it. We don't fast about it. We, don't even, we just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to go over here. Or I'm going to do this and do that without even really saying, God, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right step to make? Because God has our best interest at heart. It's really, really important and helpful to include him in that process of decision-making because he's going to lead us uh, on the best path. All that glitters is not always gold, someone must say. It's not in the Bible, but someone said that. I think it's a song by Led Zeppelin. But (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Um, So... You know, when I first decided to go into ministry, it hadn't been my original intention as a Christian. Um, but, you know, I had an encounter with God and I knew that God was calling me. And, and so I made a decision, Lord, I want to please you with my life. Now, not everybody's called to do that, but God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And discovering what that is and how to live that out is, is pleasing to God. It's part of our journey as believers that we go, God, why am I here? Who is it you're wanting me to influence? It could be in the business world, having a family or, or reaching certain people. It doesn't need to be a particular thing, but God has a thing for you. And discovering what that is and walking that out actually pleases God. And so for me, it was going to ministry. You know, Nick and I, in 1998, uh, we didn't have a lot of things going on at the time. It seemed like there was a blockage in regards to what we felt we were called to do. And some friends of ours were going to England to start a church. Do you remember that, Nicole? And uh, they asked us to go with them. And we thought, wow, what a great opportunity. Work wasn't really happening. I'd, been, I'd had many prophecies about starting a church and at some point from Bible college, but it had been many, many years and nothing was happening. No doors were opening. We are like, well, maybe this is it. We'll go with this couple over to England, help start the church. And, and we thought, well, I thought, oh, I better, well, I'll go pray about it. That's a pretty big decision. So I remember getting in the car. I thought, I'm going to go away. I'm going to fast for three days. I'm going to call on God. I'm going to get some clarity around this because, God, I want to please you at the end of the day. I want you to be pleased with my decisions and the direction I go. So I get in the car, told Nick, I'm going away for three days. I'm going to go pray about this. This is a big decision. Get in the car, I drive down to Bundanoon. Who knows where Bundanoon is? <laughs> I drive down to Bundanoon. I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. Three days with the Lord fasting. That's not awesome, but it's all right. I, I want to get some clarity. Um, so I get out. I, I thought, I'll set my tent up, set my tent up. I'll get that done first. And got all my stuff. It's getting into the afternoon. And then uh, I thought, I'll just go for a walk and a bit of a pray before I get settled in. So I've set all my camp up and everything and I walk around. I've been walking for about 10 minutes. So I hear God say to me, you're not going into England. Pack up, get in your car and go home. I'm like, I'm supposed to be here for three days. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. But I knew, I knew that God's saying, that's not the right decision for you. It was something we wanted to do, something we were excited about. But at the end of the day, our goal is not just to do what we want to do, but to please God, because he has our best interest at heart. So we thought, oh, oh well, so I remember packing everything up. I got back home that night. <laughs> it's actually gone three days. Nick's goes, you're home already? I said, yeah, God said we're not going. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then oh, all these things were happening. And then, and then so I didn't have a job at the time. 
I can't remember what had happened, but uh, we were in church over at Oxford Falls, and I remember going to church, and a business guy that had been trying to get me to work for him for a couple of years, he saw me in church. He heard that I wasn't working at the time, and he's walking towards me, and I think, oh, he's going to offer me a job. And even as he was walking towards me, I heard God say, you're not working for him. I'm like, what are you doing? So he comes up and he goes, oh, here you're not working. I said, oh, look, I have actually got another option happening. He goes, oh, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, let me know. I'm thinking, I don't have any options happening. <laughs> God's saying, that's not the decision. Anyway, it was only a month or two after that, and I did another job came along, which I took. It was only like, I think a couple of months after that, that, that we got a phone call uh, from... Uh, uh, Mark Kelsey is one of the main guys over at Oxford Falls at the time who said, look, we've been praying about it for the last couple of months and we re- really feel like uh, we want to start a church in the inner west and you guys are the guys to start it, which is this church here right now. We didn't know that was happening. We didn't even know that was on the cards. But God knew. God was orchestrated. He was, and all the time he's trying to stop me from stuffing it up. That's God's full-time job, trying to stop us from stuffing up His purpose and His plan and His blessing for our lives. Because we're like, oh, I can't, oh, patience, patience, I haven't got, I haven't got time for patience. <laughs> I want to get moving. So, you know, that was another thing. Uh, I remember, you know, some of the decisions we've made to please God financially were detrimental to us at the time. We gave our, we'd saved up for a deposit of our first home. I was at Bible college at the time and, and they were having a building fund and we felt like God said, give your deposit in the building fund, which is where Oxford was towards, Ox, what Oxford Falls is now. This is 20, uh, 30, how many years ago? I can't even remember how many years ago. 25 years ago or something. That church was just being built and we felt God say, I want to give you deposit to build the church, to build the house of God. And it was like, oh, I'm in Bible college and then to commit over the next couple of years to see that established. And we, we made that decision. It was a very difficult, it was financially detrimental to us at the time, but we've seen God's blessing. It was that seven years later, we were able to build our own home through an incredible bunch of miracles and circumstances that took place. And I believe because, again, our heart had always been to please God. First and foremost, I want to please the Lord with my life. I want God to be pleased with the decisions that we make. And at the end of my life to go, God, I live my life as a believer, first and foremost, to please you. Um, So, anyway, I can go on and on and on about it. But uh, I encourage you that you also have that kind of testimony where you've gone, you know what? And sometimes God asks us to do things or make decisions that, are not the ones that we think are right. Not the, not the decision that we want to make at the time and we think it's detrimental. We think it's holding us back. We think it's, it's a sacrifice. And, and in our own mind, we're thinking that's not the right decision. But God's ways are not our ways, the Bible says. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. In fact, it says his thoughts and his ways are as high as the earth. Uh, the, the moon is above the sun, or the moon, one of those, the moon is above the earth, are his ways above our ways. And so trying to understand his purpose and realizing that he is putting pieces in place in our life, in our future as we walk with him, oftentimes we don't even know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the Bible says that we've got to walk by faith, by trusting him. And so Paul goes on, you say, well, how, how do I do that? What, how do I please God? What decisions do I make? 
Oh, actually, I just wrote down here. So yesterday, this is another, just a practical example. Yesterday, so many of you know that I'm training for a race in Italy at the end of the year, a, a um, cycling race. And uh, I get up early many mornings to train. And I got up uh, yesterday morning, as I do most Saturday mornings, to train uh, 4.35. I've got up, I've got dressed. I'm meeting some guys over on the northern beaches and I've got myself dressed. I'd packed the car the night before and I'm, I'm walking towards the door. And I'm walking towards the door and I, I hear God talk to me and he says, hey, Ward, you don't seem to have been praying as much lately as you used to. So I've been on, I said, Lord, I'm on holidays. <laughs> and, and in my heart, I knew what, God wasn't saying, I want you to pray. I don't want you to go ride. I knew in my heart God's saying, I really want to spend some time with you. And so I'd all, already made decisions in my life. I don't need to think about that. I don't need to go, oh, God, I've already made a decision. God, if I don't want anything to get in the way of my relationship with you. Cycling, I'll quit tomorrow if it gets in the way of my relationship with you. But God will test you on those commitments sometimes. And so he's saying, you know what? I, it, was a, it wasn't a reprimand. It was just like, I really want to spend some time with you. So I was walking towards the door to leave and I stopped and I went, Lord, I'm happy to spend the morning with you. So I went back, I took my stuff off. I said, but not at 4.30, at 6.30. And I went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to bed for two hours, got up at 6.30 and spent the morning with God and it, was, and it was awesome. But it's important that our heart and the decisions that we make don't get in the way of our relationship with God. And, the thing, and He will sometimes ask of us things to test our commitment and our commitment to Him. Is that more important than me? Because at the end of the day, the number one, you know, the te of the Ten Commandments, the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. That doesn't mean Hare Krishna or something like that. Anything, anything that we put in our life as a number one priority is a God. It can be money, it can be a house, it can be a relationship, it can be a drug. Whatever it is that we live for and have to have, that is a God. As far as, and the Bible says, God wants to be, He doesn't mind us having all these things in our life as long as he's the number one. And he will test that at times. Anyway, so Paul begins to outline to the Corinthian church how then, to, how you can set a goal to please him. And I've got three points here, three scriptures here that'll help us in regards to how do we live our lives in a way. And they're general, because you'll have to fit that into your own life and your own uh, decision-making and whatever. But the first one is he says to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, one of the most important things that please God is that we live by faith and not by sight. So we don't just live by the things we see and what we think's good and what we think's not good just by our natural senses. But he says, we live by faith and not by sight. I want to encourage you in 2018 to say, God, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to live by faith and not by fear and not by sight and not just by my natural senses. God, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to step out in some areas of my life and live by faith. It could be financial commitments. It could be another area of your life. It could be in a business sense. It could be in a career sense. But I want to encourage you in 2018, because this pleases God, when we go, you know what, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. I can't necessarily see all the way this is going to work out with my natural eye. It doesn't seem like, 
it's a great decision. Even in regards to this service that we're starting, you know, it's not like we're jammed up, we're overflowing, you know, our, congr- our service here. I mean, we could definitely get more chairs in here and, and get more people in here. But when we prayed about it, we do have a prayer meeting. There was a number of people here at that prayer, and we prayed about that new service. We felt clearly that God was saying, no, that's something that I want you to do. So we're taking a step of faith with that. Yes, you've got to do all the practical things and you've got to organize all the stuff that needs to happen with it. But we're taking a step of faith that God is going to move and we're going to see more people and new people coming in to fill that service. That's a step of faith. I don't necessarily know how that's going to happen, but we're believing God. I want to encourage you in 2018 in an area to go, you know what, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to trust God in this area. I don't know how it can all work out, but I'm believing. He might be stirring you at the moment. He might be challenging you, encouraging you, even now over Christmas, to take a step. It might be to do a course. It might be to get a, increase your education. It might be to get involved in a ministry in church, to serve a little bit more. It could be to give a little bit more. I don't know, but God is always wanting to increase our capacity. Get us to grow and distrust Him because that's where the miracles are. If we're living our lives in a way where, oh, I know that's going to work out. I've got all my finances sorted. And I've got my relationships sorted and my career and everything. And God goes, well, you don't need me. So it's just working out the natural ways. But if we want to see miracles, if we want to see the supernatural in our circumstances, we've got to be in a zone where we need God to move. If we're in a zone where we need God to move, He will move. If we don't need God to move, He's not going to move because He doesn't need to. So that's the first one. Live by faith. Make a decision in your goals if you're setting things out in 2018 and say, God, show me an area where I can step out, where I can trust you. And you watch what God does. The second one is he says in 2 Corinthians 5.11, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What he's saying is one of the things that pleases God, one of the goals we should have in our life, is to share the gospel with some people. In 2018, to say, God, in 2018, I want to share my faith with at least one person. If you've never done it before, or you might say once a quarter. Or it might be, hey, God... I'm going to set a goal. I want to invite somebody to this new service. Somebody that works, one of my neighbours, someone who lives around the place, a family member. I'm just going to, God, I, I, want, to, I want to be part of uh, your, your team that is building the kingdom. And, and Paul's saying to the church, by persuading others, encouraging others, inviting them to church, sharing a testimony, you're releasing God into that place. And, and Paul's saying, that pleases God. That pleases him. So I would encourage you, 2018, set yourself a goal. Even if it's just one person, one person in 2018, I'm going to invite someone to church. Or I'm going to share my faith with them. And some, if you've never done that, it can be a bit intimidating, can be a bit scary. Uh, but I encourage you, God will meet you in that place. I remember having this conversation with Francois, didn't we, Francois? Uh, last year, was it? Last year or the year before, we'd been talking about it, and I said, well, we'll just make that goal. And he did. He invited the guy that was coming to buy his bike or something. He came to church. But how did you feel after you shared your faith and the guy came to church and all that? Man, you felt great, didn't you? It's exciting when you get to share your faith, when you go. And yes, it's a little bit nervous. You're worried about what kind of 
response you're going to get sometimes. But I tell you, if you say to God, I don't want to be a weirdo God, I don't mean like one of those weirdo Christians that go around and go, Ooh, Lord, I want it to be natural. <laughs> I'm, again, if you say to God, I want it to be natural, just give me an, just get them to ask me a question. That's what, that's what I used to say. God, I, I can't go up to somebody and just go, hey, break into a conversation about church or whatever. But if you say to God, God, I, I want to please you. I want to share my faith, whether it be at work or whatever. Get them to ask me a question. And uh, guess what question they'll often ask you on a week when you come in on a Monday? Hey, what'd you do on the weekend? And you go, oh, well, uh, I went to the beach. <laughs> you just go, hey, I, Sunday I went to church. And then you wait for the response. And they might go, oh, okay, all right, see you later. <laughs> or they might go, church, really? I can imagine you as a church person. <laughs> and you go, yeah, well, it's something I do. I, I think faith's important. Uh, I really believe in, and then a conversation arises. And <clears throat> once people know you're a Christian, then you've got to stop swearing at work. You've got to stop <laughs> drinking at work. You know, it's a, it's a great accountability. <laughs> you go, oh, I better, better start representing God properly. <laughs> um, so number two. Uh, we try to persuade others. Paul's saying, you want to please God, this is a great way to please God. Share your faith or just at least have the desire to do it. If you've got the desire, God will create an opportunity and you'll feel amazing about it knowing that you're building the kingdom. And the third one, he says in verse 15 of that same chapter, he says that those who live should no longer live for themselves. So what's he saying? He's saying the thing that pleases God is when you're not just living for yourself and what you want, and achieving the things that you desire, but that you expand your vision to include others. I want to be here to make a difference. I want to help others. I want to build others up. I want to influence others, whether it be for Christ or for their life, whether it be the poor, whether it be the uneducated, the disadvantaged, whether it be uh, whoever, but that I want to expand my vision, that I'm not just living for myself, that my life is all about me. Moi, uno, umero uno. That's my best Italian. <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> Numero uno. Um, so, that we should no longer just live for ourselves, but live for others. Again, in your list of goals, and it's great that you might have a goal to buy a home or to get investment property or to get a promotion or to start a business or have a get into a relationship or get married or whatever it is. There's so many awesome goals and God wants it. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy, fruitful in this life, financially prosperous so you can be a blessing to others, but not so that we can just accumulate it and get prideful, arrogant and selfish, but that we go, God, I want you to bless me so that I can then be a blessing to others. I can make a difference in other people's lives. Why don't you in 2018 included in all the goals that you have or things that you really want to see happen in 2018, put in these three things. Number one, just say, God, give me an opportunity to live by faith and not just by my own senses this year. I really want to see you move miraculously in a situation. He'll only, you'll only see a miracle when you need a miracle. That's the only time you're going to see one. And if you want to see one, put yourself in a situation where you need one and God will come through for you. Uh, second one, um, pray for an opportunity just to share your faith with somebody. 
whether it be at work, at home, family or whatever, invite someone to church. The new service is a great opportunity. Hey, we've got a new service. I know you live in the area. Hey, we've got a new service starting at 8.30. Why don't you come along? Uh, they're not going to go away going, oh, that was shocking. They might not go, oh, yeah, I'm ready to give my life to Christ, but I'm telling you, it'll be a good experience for them. Um, and the last one, say in 2018, I want to make a difference in someone else's life. Help me, Lord, to make a difference in someone's life and turn their world around in 2018 so that 2018 is the best year they've ever had because they met me or I was in their world or, or I was able to do something for them that really set them up for a great year. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, God, that your word works, that you're for us, that you love us, that 2018 will be the best year of our lives in many ways. And that doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. But in 2018, that we see you in the midst of everything that's going on, the good times and the bad times. Father, the challenges and the great victories, Lord. We pray, 2018, that you're there. We feel your love. We feel your smile. We feel your presence. And that we know, God, that we are pleasing you with the decisions that we're making, with the life that we're living. Thank you for you. Thank you for it, Lord. We pray that this service, Lord, attracts just a whole bunch of new people who are either disconnected from church, disenfranchised, or are just not going to church at the moment in a different area, or don't even know you, but they just turn up because you've drawn them. Someone invited them. They saw something on social media. Father, we want to make a difference. Move in our world and in our lives, God. Let 2018 be just a year of great blessing an overflow of advancement, of increased capacity where we see your love, we see your power, we see your miracles and your supernatural presence in our world and our circumstances. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Just as I finish up right now as we go out and have some coffee, hang out, if, you've, if maybe you're just thinking, you know, 2018, maybe you're away from God right now. Or maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour. But you're sitting here today, you're going, you know what, I need to... That's the biggest decision you can make of your life. The very first one to go, God, I want you to be number one in my life. Number one. Above all these other things that I desire, all these other things that I want to do, Lord. That's what He wants. To ask Jesus Christ to come into our life, to be our Lord and our Saviour. What does it mean to be Lord? It just means that He's number one. He's number one. Jesus, the one who died on the cross, rose again, that we could have connection, forgiveness, relationship with God and eternal life. If you're here today, you've never prayed that prayer or you're away from God right now, whether it be in 2017, 16, 15, whenever it was, but you know you're not where you were in relationship to God. But today you're saying, God, 2008, I'm coming back to you. I'm getting my life right. If that's you, just put up your hand so I can see it. I'll pray with you at the end of the service. God's going to come. He's going to touch you. He's going to refresh you. He's going to move in your world. Just put your hand up. Say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer right here, right now.